0: I had a serendipity. Doug Vincent got in touch with me, and Doug Vincent had written a one-man play that was about his father's death. We found this little bench, and the conversation went really well, and I liked the fact that he was kind of sussing me out a little bit, trying to understand more about my project, and, and then um, I remember he, you know, took off his glasses, and he looked at me, and, you know, set his glasses down on the table, his sunglasses, and yeah, you know, kind of looking in his eyes and he was like, all right, this sounds, I like this project. And I was like, well, thanks. And, uh, so would you like to do the interview? He said, yeah, yeah. Over the course of the next couple hours, um, he opened up about his childhood, um, how his father was an idol to him. He was the funniest guy in town, very charismatic, would always get all the kids up in, uh, full of quick witted jokes and funny body humor and, you know, taking out his dentures and spinning them around real quick and freaking out the kids. And so they'd beg him to do it again and again. He was
1: like the best kid dad, especially, you know, cause he had a great sense of humor, super silly guy and great with kids. He's like a perfect kid dad. <laughs> and he'd do this thing pop in his mouth and he had false teeth and he could flip them out and, and do this like amazing, it's it really is brilliant. Like he could he could flip them out 90 degrees and suck them back in real quick. And kids are like, "What is that? That's fucking magic." And just keep doing that. I'm from Virginia, a small town in Virginia, and there was this uh, Buckley's Lake that we'd go to all the time. And he never would uh, he would never sleep in the tent, you know? Like uh, and he had this cool setup on the back of this beat-up bolt. Ford pickup truck we had like this pup tent over it. Me and my dog Freckles would sleep in the back with this cool setup back there. And he just would never, you know, he just never would. It's because he had a he had a bunch of back problems and an arthritic back, and he just couldn't do it, you know. So he'd stay up all night by the fire, and and he would be drinking, you know, and he just and it. But but you just didn't. It's not like I thought anything of it when you're a little kid, but then you start thinking like you know wow he's just you can see that he's having some he would never talk about it like he never would acknowledge any problem like that but you start seeing like he just can't do some stuff and he's just you start to figure out this whole drinking thing and and so it's just very difficult to try to incorporate that new information into your into your worldview there of your old man and so it was just a, it was, conf- that's when the conflict starts. And and then once the facade cracks, it it really kind of opened up because, you know, to jump just momentarily to the end of the story when someone's life ends like that, there's a lot of systemic problems that are going on and mm-hmm. complex uh, manifestations of multi-layered, Dark dimension. (laughs) And then for me, my experience of it is that I kind of became like the, frankly, I feel just from default, the burden of that responsibility got kind of placed on me because no one else is dealing with any of it. Nobody's talking about it. Nobody's dealing with it. And everyone's, you know, kind of existing in that small town Virginia mentality of we don't talk about this stuff. I think what I'm trying to suggest is that there was something going on with my dad and i that was that was super connected and that played itself all the way through to the end and 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 then of course with all of the problems and conflicts that became fully experienced between us you know in really brutal ways like we and and same with the close part like we really were close and we were really fighting a lot too we were just so um there was just that connectedness and all the way through a lot of i mean we just fought and as the years go on it just gets worse you know and as i get older i'm just i'm fucking mad about it i'm just not taking it and everyone else is and i'm like well, I'm just, this is bullshit. I'm not fucking taking it. And I'm going to keep confronting it and very loudly and very boldly. And I was constantly like that about the drinking and, and about, especially about the drinking, I was just super confrontational about it. And then too, the way our family worked, it was just a lot of rage and a lot of just yelling and screaming. They Nobody hit anyone, but it got close. More me hitting him. I never hit him, but he would always want me to even. He'd be prompting me, like, he'd be wanting to, you know, want me to hit him. And it got close, man, but it never it never happened. It was as close as it gets. And, but he never, and I never felt threatened that he'd hit me or anything.
0: What was he trying to get out of you, though? Was it the sensitivity? What specifically was he trying to get out of you?
1: I think, that, I think it's that, and not in any super conscious way. I just think it's like you can't be a sissy in this world. And, and he's so ashamed of it in himself that it really came out pretty, pretty brutal at me. You can't be a crybaby and a sissy, and that was the big thing. And then just trying to get that sissy out of me was the thing and then the painful irony is he's so sensitive himself and it would be him breaking down and crying and just being like i don't fucking know what's going on he's not faking it he just doesn't fucking know and he and he, and, and man he just had so many so much shit going on that it's a lot to unpack so it would be a difficult task for the most brilliant among us so it was a huge challenge and it's just not fair but then in the end you know it's you you can't do what he did you know (laughs) but i sure can empathize with like there is just so much shit going on with with his like he he basically was um was uh um his dad left him when he was a little kid and abandoned him. And his dad was an alcoholic and his mom was an alcoholic and just terrible. She was alive and in my life and just fucking horrible. She's like a, a Jessica Lange in America horror story. She's that. She's Libya and The Sopranos. And so's my mom. So he kind of married his, his mom, a, a archetype of his mom, just that jessica lang character even even that jessica Lane character is from virginia and has the same accent and mannerisms as my mom and my dad's mom my grandmother Ugh, like i got goosebumps it's just a very upsetting so he's got all this addiction and all of this depression and all of these issues of abandonment and really complicated shit that's going to be tough and he just he's just you know when when he would break through and he's not being tough guy or silly guy which is a bit of a mask too although it's a humanity it's filled with humanity um, he just didn't know he was fucking lost and his default which he'd been taught very brutally with hostility and repeated rage was that you're a piece of shit and so you should just you know you can't figure it out and and there's no there's no hope and so when i went to um college uh there's my mom told me this story later where if there's orientation so they come down and my mom said that dad turned to her and said it's over and you know, my mom's like, "Oh no, you know, he's just going to school." And I'm the youngest of I have one older sister, and my dad was just all about his, the kid, his kids, and just he loved his kids. After that college moment, I go to school, and it's my first break coming home, and uh, my sister was dating this Vietnamese dude, and my dad's a total racist, and had gotten drunk, called them and asked Tong, my sister's boyfriend at the time, for his green card so I came home it's my first college break and I'm and mom tells me this and I'm just fucking livid like I'm like he asked for his fucking green card so dad comes home and he's as drunk as he's ever been and and I'm like you asked for his fucking green card and I went off on him and man I went off on him a lot but I really went off on him and he was always drunk but he was really drunk and I just fucking went off on him. I was just going crazy on him. And it was really the worst blow up we ever had and which is saying something. And it it really was getting to that moment again where I'm close to fucking punching him, you know? And uh but then I didn't and then he breaks down and and he wants me to hug him. And at this point I'm like, fuck you, I'm not hugging you. Fuck you, I've just had it had it and um and for me too there was this assertion of man you guys gotta figure this shit out i'm the fucking kid i'm not supposed to be the parent and you guys gotta figure it out i'm in college and i gotta like there's gotta be this point where i'm able to take care of me in there where where's the part where i can shift into like you guys gotta fucking figure it out and honestly it's the green card thing. I'm like, I'm just so fucking mad about that. I don't want to fucking hear it. Cause usually when that would happen, I'd hug him, and it would be like, and there was this whole ritual where he'd go down to the basement. We had a wood stove and our dog Freckles was always down there and he'd check the fire. Usually he was going down to drink. He had all these bottles hidden everywhere. And then he'd go down and drink and, but I'd hug him before he'd go. And, and then he, it was just understood. I'd go down later. And then down there, it was like separate space where, it was like sacred space where we're going to figure it out and and this is how we're going to we're going to try something we'd come to at least some kind of hopeful understanding that we can figure something out i don't know what but and but you know that whole pattern played but this time i'm like fuck you man i'm not fucking hugging you fuck you man and so he slumps and goes down to the basement and i'm even going to follow him cuz i'm like shit i'd never pulled that move before that was like and that's me like what about me? God damn it! What about fucking me now? Fuck yourself, man. But I'm even like uncertain, and and he goes down, and mom's going, or I, or I'm going, and mom stops me. She's like, "Just let him go down there." He's just going down there to drink again, and then and then I always go down later, so I'm like, "I'll go down later." I had my girlfriend with me at the time. She's like hearing all this, and uh, we had. And these are just, again, I am just, I am not of the ilk that believes in, uh, preternatural powers or something. <laughs> but I had rented two movies. One was Stand by Me, and the other one was uh, Night Mother. And and um, which is about the I don't know if you know that play or the movie. It's about uh. This, this, uh, it's, it's, I believe it's a, a, the daughter is going to kill herself and the mom's trying to stop her. And then, and then she just goes in the door, closes the door, and and shoots herself. And those were the two movies I got that night. And then we're watching Stand By Me first. and, And it's about these little kids and, you know, they're going to see their first dead body. And even from there, I'm thinking, God, this is fucking weird. Like, I just, Like, something's weird, man. And so I sneak out, and I'm like, it's going to be weird because this is just weird because I think this is happening to me, you know. And it it even started to become so irrational when I went down to check on him. It was cold outside, but it wasn't that cold. It was like, you know, fall cold, but not bitter cold. And I'm like, I'm going to find him out here because I just can sense it. I think I'm getting back to how we were just connected, and not in some, you know, just in a human way we were connected. Very awkwardly trying to communicate, and um, and I went down to the basement. Our our basement you you have to go outside and then go down uh, down the steps. It's outside door, and I go down there and I turn the corner and and he's and he's hanging there, and I just I remember the. Big thing I remember is this sound that came out of me that I've never, like I couldn't even, I couldn't even, I've never heard it before or since from myself or anything. It's just coming from a, whew, you know? And, and my dad had, uh, he had taken off his, he always wore baseball caps, that was his thing, you know? And he'd taken off his, he had this John Deere baseball cap and he'd taken off and he had set it up just right and he'd taken those teeth this always gets me you know like he'd taken his teeth out and he'd set them up just perfectly on his workbench and it was all like meticulously set out and then I'm I'm struggling to get them off and off the rope and it's hard like it's really hard because it's just no you know it's just all this weight and and your instinct is just i gotta get the weight off and and it's just hard and i'm like fumbling around trying to get the noose off and i I lay him down and i start doing cpr and he's breathing like he's honestly like i'm breathing and and i'm like i have this total moment of the this is the most relief i've ever felt in my life it's just the deepest horror or deepest darkness i've ever felt and and then like minutes later it was truly like the complete relief like ah you know like I I, I, I pulled it off somehow I pulled it off because he's breathing he's breathing you know I'm I'm doing it and he's breathing and then it's then you're like oh you know it just hits you like it's just like and then it hits you like it's just not something you think about until you get into the situation if you're breathing in then your air just keeps coming back out and I'm like, it's just my own breath going in and out of this corpse, and I'm so close, that I'm too late. And then it hit me like, that's it. And, whoo, that I remember. But I call nine one one, and I'm totally got it under control, like in terms of total focus. And but then I know it, like I, I even went back down again, but I. You know, it's like I, you know, I know. And then I went upstairs and I went in this fetal ball and just started rocking and I couldn't get out of it. Like it's just I kept, I kept saying it's all my fault. It's all my fault. It's all my fault. And no one could get me out of it. And it really was like a, like I'm breaking with. I'm having a break, and I'm just, I. It's all my fault. It's all my fault. I have an aunt that lives right next to me who herself totally had similar back problems by the way total alcoholic depressed just a mess but we were close and she they even like go get aunt marion and that that didn't work my girlfriend didn't work like it just nothing like they couldn't get me out of it and then all the you know ambulances coming the cops and all that and and then somehow i can't even tell you what it was that i kind of pulled myself out of it and uh and that's that's how that ha- ended so, yeah
0: then what happened
1: the I remember I remember being really mad at the cops for bothering me because they're like asking all these questions and I feel totally responsible so I remember being really upset about that and I knew the cop and, and the thing is I'm from small town so everyone knows my dad everyone loves my dad you know when he died they put the flags at half mast. you know all over town like literally and and nobody knows anything other than this funny dude so they're all like what is this like nobody sees it it's like Robin Williams everyone's like what the fuck is that like nobody is seeing that coming except maybe if you're in the you know if you're closer and seeing it develop have struggled with drinking since, and was struggling then, and I kind of kept trying to go, and then I went back, and I'd get I'd get like sh- almost straight A's, or sh- literally straight A's, and then completely drop out, and then get straight A's and completely drop out, just and just uh, drinking like crazy, and just fucked up, man, and just truly it's my fault, like I kill them, like I'm I'm a murderer, I killed them, and everyone loves them, and really it's like killing Robin Williams, you're like fuck, I'm the guy that. Pushed Robin Williams over the edge, and you know, is what it felt like. Because nobody, you know, and even and in fact, that Jessica Lang American Horror Story grandmother of mine, his mom was like, You did it, it's your fault, you know, and literally told me that, you know. You know, I found my daddy, he hanged himself, and he's hanging from the fucking noose, and uh, that kind of shit burns into the deepest part of your soul. So, I went through this huge, conflicted struggle about how I'm never going to have kids because I'm not going to fuck them up, and I'm really struggled with all that. But then I've kind of found this one in a million. You know, like unless maybe if I found the just the right woman and it was just the right situation, maybe there was like a glimmer. But even then, no. But then I, I met Jessica, and 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 she started kind of advocating for like you might be a pretty good dad and I'm like fuck no I'm you know because I'm gonna fuck up I'm gonna fuck up my kid if I have a kid I'm gonna fuck up fuck up my kid I can't do it because I'm very aware of my own struggles or my own where I'm fucked up you know and I just can't do it and but then she kind of just kind of cracking the door open a little bit and then I kind of Came around to where like yeah I think I I'm gonna okay you know I'm scared like this is it still scares me and then I'm like, okay so we we have our daughter and the birth was really difficult her heart rate kept dropping really low and they didn't know why you know something's wrong when all more specialists start coming in the room you're like this is not good nobody's telling you they're all like no no you know or they're not that dismissive either but they're just doing it and they're not telling you like we're bringing in all the troops because this is going south and i'm like see fucking see here we go you know and you know and uh i'm prepared for see what fucking happens and and they're bringing them more and more and then they brought in this this uh uh one, this one doctor that's supposed to be like really badass like this doctor is really great because it's called for they brought in as many people they can fit in the room because it's not going right and nobody's really telling you why either except that the heart rate's low and you can hear that fucking monitor like you can hear it so you're like god damn it you can hear it dropping and in, in cycles and it's dropping so low and and, and Jessica's having trouble just pushing her out and, uh, so it was the last chance, like this is the last chance and grace comes out and it was like, uh, you know, my dad, cause with my dad, when I, you know, when I was, cause I was holding him, getting the rope off and like, I could see his eyes and his eyes just met right with me and you could just see the look and I'm like, uh, you know, he's just, he's dead, but he's just, you see the, you just see it all. and and so uh you know grace is born and and she comes out and her you know our eyes meet and and it was like that moment and then uh the reason her uh heart rate drops a little is because the cord was uh, wrapped around her neck and it looked just like a noose so that was not the that was the absolute last thing i was expecting to see in the whole a million lifetimes I was absolutely that was the farthest away that image and then it's just it looked like just like that noose and they had to like awkwardly get because that's why our heart rate was dropping it was pinching off the cord and so they're unwrapping it just like a noose and then she started breathing and and it was just like you know that whole experience again and and then she started breathing and then she was okay and so that was pretty miraculous we gotta talk about this shit and i'm not happy about it i'm not I love suicide and death and alcoholism and pain and despair is great. Let's just fucking talk about it. for Man, it's just, it's just, it's just the deal, man. Like to get to the hope and the healing where I'm not fucking up my daughter. How do I not be so filled with fucking rage about all this that I, you know, do that to grace or I off myself in her face or I'll off myself at all or, you know, or resolve my own issues with alcohol and it's just, you know, it's a practical thing in the end. Like, we gotta go through that so then I don't fuck up Grace because then she's not you know living in that dark woods with no hope that my dad was because I fucked her up. Like, dad fucked me up and his mom and dad fucked him up and then at some point can we ch- kind of try to shift and and then that's why you gotta go through the dark darkness For but for the hope and not skipping it either
0: talk to me about forgiveness
1: oh that's a great one um, it's it's a um, it's a struggle and I've really run up against it with my dad I've, I'm, I have a little bit easier way just because I don't know why and in my mom, I really have a hard time, and myself, I have a hard time, but I'm trying, and it's getting there so but it's more of a process than a than a light switch, but it's hard, but with that, it kind of came, I think maybe through the experience with the the work of the creative work, even so yeah,
0: what about <clears throat> if you could hear anything? from your father, what would you want to hear from him?
1: The um, last line of the show is, I'm damn proud of you, pal. And that's, yeah, I think that's it. Because I think he's, you know, would kind of get, like his true self would get what I'm doing and yeah. And then he'd get it. That would be. That's what I'd like to hear. And I like hearing us, and I get to say that every, every night. Like after this, there's a scene where Grace is born, and then there's a, just a real simple scene where we're in Boulder by the Flatirons, and Grace is just running to me and saying and she's just yelling "Daddy," and <laughs> it's all just real, you know, just a day. and And that's just such a cool, healing, peaceful uh, thing. And so I get to, you know, have that light at the end of that dark. And then, in the very last lines, Dad, just the character my Dad comes back out with this hat, that John Deere hat on, and he loved it. It's just like. I'm damn proud of you, pal. I don't think that he that he would.
0: So yeah. If you've had a chance to say something to him, what would you want to say?
1: Uh, I'd say uh, I'd probably say that I just that I understand. And tell me, you know, what a good dude he is again. And how funny and cool. And then I love him. But then I understand. Because I get it, man. Ooh. Yeah.